Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the weekly podcast from the Marketing Minds at DUConvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with us as always is Andrew Peak. Here we are. Yeah, doctor. I think you should just hey, doctor. You should doctor. just be the ad doctor. In fact, we we be. had a small event last week. And um, people just called you the ad doctor. That's funny. I, that was awesome. I will have to change all of my handles on on all the socials to the ad doctor or the lead doctor, something to doctor. Uh, the new home, the, the new home ad doctor. I'm sure that's available. New home. I bet, you know, I bet that will be anything with new home in front of it is probably available. Pretty specific. Yep, exactly. It is. It is. So uh, short week. You know, we had Memorial Day, which was awesome. Uh, yeah. It was ridiculously hot here. I know some of you got nothing but rain. I'm sorry about that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I had a situation where, um, uh, on Monday night, my wife did one of those things where she said, Hey, remember when I told you like two months ago that we were going to go spend some time with your sister's family, (laughs) um, at a local (laughs) amusement park. And I was like, no, I don't. So I don't. I'm out tomorrow, <laughs> uh, which is Friday. Normally we record on Friday. So short week. This will probably also be a short episode because I think my entire family is already in the van and they're like waiting for us to finish. Beautiful. So we can get going. I could picture it. Well, maybe they uh, have a movie on. It's not too bad. Who right. Knows? Air conditioning. Winnie the Pooh. That's right. What's yeah. wrong with that? Uh, why don't you get us started with story time, Andrew? I'll, I'll, uh, I'll let you go first. Yeah. Story time. Story time. So this is a fun one. For some reason this week, which has been three days so far. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because Monday isn't a real day because no one worked and we were down here, Florida uh-huh. and the rest of us and rain. But it's been just a really weird week with with questions and, and concerns on slower communities or problems, I guess it'd be. And how can we fix this problem that I have? And the common thing is when you're analyzing your data, you need to just make sure you're being fair. As far as if you're looking at campaigns, make sure the campaigns are the same. You really need to take the full story into context before you're like, okay, this is a thing that's broken and this is not broken. Along with that, we need to also consider the website. Um, and this one example, I, I was like, okay, let me look at the metrics. I was in analytics going around. I'm like, okay, they're not on the site as long. We could probably use some more page views, but you know, if we have a 2% conversion rate, you know, the that should be enough leads to get to get some appointments and get some sales. But if you keep going further, it's like, oh, the images, there's like no images there. Like if you're if you were to turn into that mode of like, oh, I really like this, this area, this community and dive deeper, you go, oh, I have no idea what what is even being offered. You you're don't not know. exaggerating either, guys. When when he says no images, there is only one picture on this entire kind of microsite. And it's just mm-hmm. of the landscape around the community. And, and there are some, uh, and I think even when it comes to renderings, like there's just floor plans and then an exterior rendering. Um, yes, which is not exciting. Nothing to be like, honey, we got to go out this weekend or whoever this the conversation is, or hey, let's call and let's meet up, make an appointment. Nothing. There's nothing to really inspire them. I guess that's a fancy word, inspire. Yep. There's nothing to create that inspiration. So before, I guess the lesson is before you jump into your AdWords, Facebook analytics and go, everything I'm doing is wrong. This is terrible. I'm stressed out. It might just be something simple like, oh, we don't have pictures yet. Like we can't really have this huge expectation of leads and sales when we don't even have a, a representation of, of the product that we're selling. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we talked about this on the uh, Fix Your Broken Community episode 
a while mm-hmm. ago, but you know, even that like, Hey, we're getting leads or maybe appointments, but they're not converting to sales. Obviously it could be an issue with the sales rep, uh, not converting them well and need, needing more training. Yep. But just like the, you have that, that digital, um, interaction on the site of, Oh, we don't have pictures. Um, it also goes back to our question of the week of how many often do you get out in the field and actually look at the product that you're marketing? It could be that the front door sounds like it belongs to the crypt keeper because it just, <laughs> as you open the front door and that just sets off this immediate, like this house has been abandoned. Uh, it smells funny, mm-hmm. paint chipping weeds in the yeah, garden. All those, all those are minor things, right? Until they add up on top of each other. It's like one yep. thing after another. They're like, oh, well, that's no big deal. There's a little thing there. But you have five of those. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, let's let's go to another community the same day. I'm sure they're going right after that appointment. And then they don't have those issues. They're like, oh, let's go with this this other one. No reason to go over there. They can't take care of their stuff. Mm. Yep. I don't know why I'm going here. Probably because we talked about McDonald's last week with analytics. But, yes. you know, I'm sometimes hungry. you walk in McDonald's like they're all supposed to be the same. The but, same. Mm-hmm. You walk into one, you're like, okay, this franchisee, you know, what's, knows what's going on. It's clean. That's right. It's organized. The people look like they are not being forced to work there at gunpoint, you know? Um, and then you walk into another <laughs> McDonald's and you're like, Ugh. and mm. yep. models uh, in particular tend to take on the characteristic of the, of the salesperson who's working there. You know, they're like, oh yeah, there are Makes weeds, sense. but does that matter? Like there are weeds in my house at home. Uh, oh yeah, there's a paint chip. I asked someone once to fix that. Um, I guess they didn't want to versus another sales rep who is on it. And no, this is my, this is my sales arena and it's going to look perfect. And I'm going to hold everyone accountable and be the squeaky wheel to make sure that the paint touch up does actually happen. Anyway, that's like getting into real world stuff. We, we try to stay focused on real, I know real world, (laughs) but it's, that's right. That's right. With that one, it's, it's interesting. If the leads were generated, they saw the pricing, saw the pictures, they had enough interest digitally to become a lead. And then if the leads are there, but there's no sales, then I'm kind of like, eh, it's probably more of a sales product pricing type of issue. It's usually then. a product presentation or the salesperson has their own hangups yep. uh, that are causing issues. But well, my um, my story That's time that. is, you know, we did some analytic training with um, some individuals last week uh, in person. And one of those people, I just, I, when, when we were, I don't know, four hours into the class, um, she made the comment that, you know, and I, I can't remember if she was a business analytics major or just had taken business analytics courses and was a business major, but she mm-hmm. was fresh out of college, four-year university at a, at a good school, yep. um, mm-hmm. not like Michigan. I'm from Ohio, so it's not like she went to Michigan <laughs> University, um, a, good, a good university. And she's like, this is amazing that one, what I'm learning, but also that I, I took a four-year degree, including business analytics classes, and no one ever talked about Google Analytics. And I'm like, well, that's that's a good investment of all your money, for sure, in terms of real-world application. But it did kind of lead me down the, a very common question that I get asked. In fact, I created a document that I now could just send people, but what they're like, hey, what should I be reading? What should I be learning? And they always mm-hmm. want to know like this one quick fix of how do you stay plugged in, Kevin? Like, how do you stay up to date on this stuff? Um, and, I, you know, one is just spending the time and investing the time. So when I have, uh, that's why I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm the most boring person ever at a party. If you don't want to talk about advertising, marketing, new homes, Ohio State football or Star Wars, I got nothing for you. Um, nice. 
But if I have an extra hour, I'm going online and I'm looking for articles about digital trends, digital marketing trends, search engine optimization trends. That's just what I gravitate to. So spending an hour a day online, looking at resources, watching YouTube videos, et cetera. Um, but there are some tools and I don't, before I share mine, do you have any other um, aggregators or sources that you jump to routinely? Yeah. So there's the common, like where we pull our articles from, like they're in the news time, but mm -hmm. also I found if you, and this is hard to filter because there's a lot of Facebook groups, just like us, we have the market proof marketing group, but there's also other like Facebook ad groups, Google groups. Some are terrible and they're just a lead platform to mm -hmm. sell a course for that person. And then some, some are mixed where like that might be there, but so there's, there's that, which is nice, but be prepared. Your newsfeed might get like just swamped with everything from there. And there's a lot of misinformation. So maybe that's for the more advanced people that, that, that are comfortable, like, okay, that's not real life. That's not applicable to me in new home marketing. And I could use this type of insight. Um, and that's a big one. Twitter. I'm actually liking Twitter a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Will Duter will be really happy with that. Um, but you have to create lists and or mute people. So if you're following and it's just like too much, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. you just get overwhelmed and then you don't end up using it. So that's what I've, I've figured out. Like if someone's posting 10 times a day, chances are maybe none of those are, are worth looking at. Um, mm -hmm. but maybe there's two or three things a week from certain people. And then of course there's certain people you could follow and you could like really keep it, keep everything they put out there yep. Um, yep. and digest it, but kind of depend so, on others too, to, to find information for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you, in part of us knowing, obviously, like you said, if we're routinely referencing someone like Lunametrics or, um, mm -hmm. you know, a certain website or place, then, then that's a place where you can continue to go and, and do that. I mean, the problem is it's not so much printed material books or magazines, of course, right? Like it used to be on yep. a topic that you're going to want to read if you want to stay current. Um, but the other one that, that I've, I've used, um, is the Flipboard app, you know, where you can, it's basically a news aggregation app. Uh, it's very nice design. You can, you can narrow in your topic and then, um, that app will connect with another app called pocket. Um, so Flipboard is constantly updating and pulling in the latest articles from the topics that you are interested in. But then mm -hmm. if you want to save that for later, Pocket is a great um, additional app that will integrate with Flipboard and let you save those to read at a later date. So it doesn't, if it falls out of the the top list. And then I, I agree with you on the Twitter front, you know, um, finding those people who aren't selling, but are sharing insightful yep. information or links that they're reading is definitely, definitely worth it. So definitely, yeah, no one's. To wrap up the story time, though, no one's teaching you this stuff in university. No one's showing you how to run um, no. Facebook advertisements or Instagram um, for real. And most of the online courses that you're going to find are garbage or so not related to our industry. It's hard to apply what mm -hmm. you're learning. So I agree. It is it is hard, but um, hopefully we can help get you those resources and help elevate the conversation. That's right. All right. Moving on to news. Um, in fact, I found this article via someone on Twitter, uh, and it's called Why Consumers Are Increasingly Willing to Trade Data for Personalization. And it was written when, Andrew? Um, 2012. I made a point I'm like, hey, Kevin, this is from 2012. Like, are you <laughs> Have sure? you lost your mind? Yeah. You know? <laughs> What's funny is I read the article. I'm like, oh, this is good. This is good. This is good. And then I went up to the top and I'm like, oh, 2012. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Like, I, 
it yeah, applies your, your other right tip now. off was that it referenced um sites like foursquare it <laughs> um, did. And, and it so <laughs> that that's kind of like a time foursquare. capsule there but it is a little time essentially it, it's explaining that you know consumers why, why are why are they giving up that privacy um and information about themselves and it is because it's all about us and so we love getting personalized recommendations from Netflix and Amazon. Um, we like it when it when that relevancy and context is is in its place. And so, until recently, there was no even thought of no. how could this be used incorrectly. Not at all. Um, and so, you know, it just it, this is back in 2012. So imagine the transparency and data that we're sharing freely with the world um in 2018 a little different even mm -hmm. back then you know but this concept of personalization and it's all about you and it's about your what you want and your own ego and i don't know andrew i mean i have no we, we kind of talked about this in different ways but as long as they are able to truly personalize it all day long like you know there's that option to not allow mm -hmm. um different uh websites and, and facebook to serve you up relevant ads i'm like no sign me up for it I, yeah i up. enjoy yeah, there's experience. no i have i do i have no and really if you think about it every single thing that you use digitally is personalized so it's like there's no way like imagine if it wasn't like the experiences would be completely different um the only weird one that i think is is weird is amazon we've talked about this before they have the only i think they have the truest personal information Right. As far as like what you actually purchase. Mm -hmm. um, and maybe I maybe I buy a bunch of weird stuff and that's why I, I don't buy a bunch of weird stuff. But, <laughs> but that's like the most accurate, like all the other ones they do know you buy things and you go here and here and here and mm -hmm. they could sort your feed based on what you interact with, all that type of things. But Amazon is like, oh, you purchased this August door lock for your home. You did this, this, this. So there's more. Yep. I don't know. It's just a, little, just a little different, but it's still fine. Well, like I'm fine with them. Like we, you might like this. Okay. Yeah, actually cool. Yeah. We'll like that. And so that's, that's the part that we all like about it. And the other thing that, again, I think it's just really interesting. It's a short, quick read in this article um, in the show notes, but the, it talks about, you know, obviously giving personal recommendations is, is one way to do it. The other way though, which is definitely uh, moving towards the dark side is to offer dynamic, personalized website experience that changes based upon what you know about that person. So unbeknownst mm -hmm. to the user, hey, you know, Andrew bought this fancy August door lock that is not inexpensive and is obviously a, um, uh, you know, like a 1% problem kind of deal, right? So the next time, yeah. the next time that Andrew comes back to the website, let's just mark up all of our prices 10% higher. He won't notice. Yeah. You won't even notice. Or you let's make it harder for that person to get to a certain place without giving us their information because we know that they've already started giving some personal information. So just keep asking for more yep. because so this idea of, again, it's not a, the recommendation. It's transparent. It's telling you we're, we're recommending this because of this or we think you'd like this. This other one is much um, darker in the sense of you may be completely unaware that your experience on the website or the pricing or the products being shown have been changed from what everyone else is, is viewing. And I thought again, back in 2012, that definitely does happen. Some people have been caught mm -hmm. for that on the pricing side. Cause that's a big, I mean, obviously that, that ticks people off like nothing else. Mm -hmm. um, yep. That seems the least fair as far as I think the interpretation of that 
Yeah. I think even locally that's done at the retail level, like different parts of towns, grocery stores, or even Walmart. They have different pricing per items, some mm-hmm. items from each part of town. Uh, oh, for sure. You don't really notice it until you are like, oh, I went to that Walmart 30 miles that way or 10 miles that way. Yep. So that's aggregating the data by, hey, mm-hmm. this is a more affluent part of town. This is, though, being very specific to you and saying this person, yep. they, they don't really shop at all. They just buy what's in front of them regardless of price. So yeah, it's I like did. that. <laughs> And I, I'm I'm in big trouble if a website is doing that to me because Melanie always asks me when I buy something at the grocery store, how much did that cost? I don't know. I, don't I, know. I bought it because really you told good. me to buy it. It's on the <laughs> shopping list. Did I have a choice to not buy it? If I thought I'm just I don't I don't check prices on that's purchases at the grocery store. Especially right. if it's on a list. <laughs> All right. What's the next one we got up here? This this is like taking off. So open door is expanding their um home trade-in program to all builders and open door. It's the same concept as um, instant offers with Zillow, mm-hmm. right? It's the exact same thing. There, is there some, a, some might say they started it first, but yes. It's, some might say, uh, <laughs> some might say that's true. Um, is there a, a broader term for that as far as the instant offer? Uh, well, yeah, that the, we they call them use? I buyers because everything, I buyers. iPod, I whatever, but I buyer, you know, where it's, it's a, technology service that's instantly purchasing homes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cause even back to like, and I'm, I'm skipping the article for a quick, quick second. Like we buy ugly houses. That's mm-hmm. I, buy, then that's, that's probably, is that the first maybe of course their market's a little different than nicer stuff, but, but they'll still buy nicer stuff. And give yeah. Offer. My favorite. Um, I, I actually saw this um, once in person, but I've also seen it on the internet. Have you ever seen where they're, cause they always advertise on billboards and bus shelters and everything else that we buy ugly houses. Mm-hmm. Um, someone took it and spray painted it and changed it to, we buy ugly um, dogs or something or like, yeah. like awesome. they, they cross out <laughs> home and spray paint all these other um, things. It was, it, it's, it's a fun that time to Google that. Um, I don't need to find that. That is funny. So this article just talks about um, the program and how they're partnering with builders to help them sell more homes, essentially to have, you know, the flexible closing and offer within, I think it's 24 hours, which is crazy. If you think about it, like get it started tomorrow morning and then the next morning you have an offer on your home that really changes the contingencies with, with selling. Mm -hmm. And they partnered with, I think it was with Lennar first, as far as their, their test bed, which is a big, builder to partner with and have a big have a big test Mm -hmm. so it must have worked well because they're expanding it to i believe any builder yeah any builder and and again the the point that makes this so easy so amazing is the ability to delay you know so the buyers can close as quickly as 10 days or as long as nine months so you can that's a baby you know quote unquote sign a contract or you can not quote unquote, you can sign a contract with open door, sign a contract mm-hmm. with the home builder and only have to close right before you move into your new home. So you don't have to move twice, which is a huge hassle for those who already have a home and are thinking about building. So just this concept of making the experience easier, but it's also just interesting to see the arms race here has quickly escalated um, as Zillow kind of more publicly opened up. And I kind of just even I have to imagine opened up consumer awareness to this as a whole because Open Door and and Redfin and other folks who have services similar, mm-hmm. um, they're not everywhere in the country. Whereas Zillow is that known name, so now Zillow making yep. a bigger buzz out of the whole thing 
um, everyone else is definitely racing to keep up. So yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. I think this will be a, uh, catalyst to a change in the real estate world as far as realtors commissions and all, and the whole transaction. I think it will, will definitely spark that spark that change. Uh, yeah, I think it has, it's going to have a lot to do with, um, you know, if I, in, in theory, you're correct. The thing that we'll see how it plays out is if I have a house to sell and let's just say I bought it for 200 and I, mm-hmm. And I believe what a real estate agent tells me that they think they can sell it for two seventy five, yep. and I get that it's an offer for two forty. It's a big difference. Again, I it's it's a big difference, yeah. and it could even be bigger. And I think there's just a lot of ego and um, trying to think of the bias that this is called, where you just like what you um, you know you perceive your own stuff to be worth more. Um, shoot, it's escaping me. But um, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of people who, even if, even if that is a fair offer from open door, they're going to say, yeah, but mm-hmm. Johnny realtor said that I could get X more. And I mean, it's my house, so it has to be worth that. So it's gotta be, my house is amazing. Think, yeah, definitely. I think until I, I um, this, this idea comes on both sides of the transaction, um, selling and buying at the same time, that's when consumer behavior is, you know, when, when you can essentially take the agents out entirely. Uh, then they'll then they'll lower and the commission to to stay in the game. Yep, I think that's years from now. But yeah, you never know. It's it is interesting where there's where there's friction. There'll be the big biggest yep. change. All right, we're gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna come back with a super focused and abbreviated 360 topic discussion about heat mapping and user testing tools when you want to go beyond Google Analytics. Be right back. And we're back. Like I said, this is going to be uh, focused and to the point. Uh, we talked about Google Analytics last week on the podcast, Andrew. Yeah. And we did some additional analytic training. So analytics are definitely on the brain more so. Um, right. But there are limitations to what that data can show you. And in terms of quantitative data, you know, mass amounts of data, it's one of the best sources to look at. In terms of qualitative data, you know, really understanding the story of every one of those page views and what the person was looking for, you know, much harder to ascertain. And so we would just want to talk about two different, um, two different options to go deeper when it comes to understanding how your website's being used, how to optimize it, um, and the rest. So first, let's talk about uh, user testing. That one's easy. We'll get out of the way. And then we'll talk about heat mapping mm-hmm. tools and recording tools. Um, usertesting.com is, uh, my preferred tool for you to use. It's uh, straightforward, relatively easy to use. They, um, will allow you to ask screening questions, uh, if you sign up for certain tiered accounts. So you can literally have, people can have to answer yes to the question of, have you bought a new home in the last two years in order to be considered to be part of this user test? You have to have purchased a home or been in that process in the last two years. So you can really get people gotcha. who have recently been through this experience and probably understand how home searches work generally uh, or are more current with how it's being done. But then you are sending them to your website. 
um, for $59 a test, I think is the current price right now. It's not bad. And they have, it records their screen, whether they're on a mobile device, tablet or desktop, and you can specify which kind of tests you want. And they have to express audibly everything that they are thinking about as they are performing actions that you choose. So for example, um, one of the first questions we will ask is, um, name the top three things you would want to do on a home builder website. This is before they even really navigate the page. They gotcha. list out those top three things. And then we say, okay, pick, pick the most important one of those three things and try to do it right now. And then they have to say, okay, well, I want to figure out, um, do they have homes in my price range? And so you, then they start navigating, they get lost, they get confused, but they do. you're both seeing what they're doing as well as hearing what they're thinking. And that's what makes that such a powerful tool as you're trying to think about how to optimize the page, make it work better um, to get better conversions. From watching some of those videos, I think a fun one is, oh, I want, I want to build a home. And then they're looking for that word build like build a home, uh -huh. build your home somewhere on there. And they're like, I don't know where to go. Yep. I don't know where to like, go. It's interesting. Uh, and that's on every site, like every builder site for the most part. 80% of the time when we ask that question, um, hey, pretend that you want to go through the process of building a new home so that you can personalize it, make your own selections, et cetera. 80% of the time, people fail to find that information on a home builder site. Um, I just I can't crazy? get over that number. It'll, it'll be ingrained yeah. in my head forever. But yeah, we're home builders and people, you know, and that's part of that is because we throw inventory in people's faces. Look at our inventory homes. We have inventory. Do you like it? Do you want it? Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Ready to um, go. Yep. And we don't have enough content and, and ease of navigation around that process. So great tool. Um, sign up for an account. $59 a test um, to have statistically significant results, meaning you can trust implicitly the data um, their scientists, data scientists have said you need to do at least 12 tests. And if you see the same results after 12, then it's it's statistically significant and you should take action on it. But even gotcha. if you just do three, you will gain ton tons of insights. Oh, yeah. Get your popcorn. It's a lot of fun watching those. Might be yes, painful. So that's that's user testing. Just go do a couple. Um, see how it goes for you. You'll you'll have you'll have a blast um, or you'll cry. <laughs> <laughs> then the other piece, which is still goes into the world of, of more quantitative because you can do this with every single website visitor. So, you know, if you have 10,000 visitors, your users um, at McDonald's uh, back to last week, mm -hmm. if you have 10,000 users, $59 times 10,000 would be cost prohibitive. Yep. But with these tools that you're going to run down for us, the three main options that we mm -hmm. like, you're just paying a set monthly fee. And then being able to record exactly what those 10,000 users are all doing on the site. Definitely. So there's there's three more popular options. There's, of course, an endless supply of what we'd call hot heat mapping tools. Mm -hmm. um, first one, mouse flow, mouse flow like the animal and then hot jar and then lucky orange. Um, they're all priced mm -hmm. similar. Hot jar being on the high end, mouse flow and lucky orange being right around the same. You know, they start, I believe it's like 20 to say $60 a month. And of course, if you have tons of page views and you have to record all those, you of course pay more. Um, they charge. Yeah. I mean the starter package, lucky orange is definitely the least mm -hmm. expensive. It's 10 bucks a month for 25,000 yeah. page views recorded in, mm -hmm. in one month. Um, it's visually the ugliest of them all. So if you're going to be yes. in there regularly, I just think the UI, that's why you're paying less because your eyes get offended every time you, 
<laughs> log into it. But the data is there. Mm-hmm. Um, mouse flow, I think, is this is a sweet spot of good design, yep. good UI. I like that one. Twenty nine dollars a month for the starter package. Um, and Hotjar is, you know, the most complex, the most opportunities, um, also just the most expensive. So for the most part, yeah. I would say mouse flow is where it's at. And it's um, easy to set up. Hotjar if you're huge and lucky orange, if um, either you're really small um, or they uh, lucky orange does have a proactive chat feature, which is kind of unique compared to the other two. But most of the time your salespeople are going to be too busy to actually use right. it anyway. So right. um, sounds That's interesting. Still- actual practice mm-hmm. is hard but let's back up a minute and say why you know why are we calling these heat mapping tools yeah they'll do and, and <laughs> you might have seen them before where there's different colors on the screen or there's different like heat maps like almost like if you're looking at the radar uh, for the weather you're tracking the hurricanes this season and you see this big old blob of color that's where people are so it tracks their where their mouse is flowing mouse flow great name where the mouse is flowing over mm-hmm. the screen on your website so it's recording that and it's also recording how far on the website they're traveling down. So if your site, if you think about it, is six feet long or six screens, then it's going to give you in a color format how far they are going. So, for example, if you have like the, the yep. call to actions at the very bottom, but only 2% of the people are ever getting there, there might be, you know, that might be a good thing to test as far as putting that call to action at the top so that everyone <laughs> knows like, hey, this is, yeah. if you're kind of interested, this is the next step for you just showing or have it yeah have it yeah. float constantly out there yep. so heat mapping like you said that, that radar effect but um mm-hmm. all these tools will allow you to heat map or show visually where people are actually trying to click oh yeah um, that's a fun so one so that oftentimes they're trying to click where there is not a link and you can identify that and make it a link so that's a better user experience mm-hmm. um that will heat map where the mouse is moved to, which roughly tracks where their eye movement goes on the screen. They will track scroll, which is what you're talking about. You know, what part of the page they scroll to on average before they stop. Um, But then we call them still heat mapping tools, but that also will do all these services will do actual live recordings. So um, it's hard to see this in your mind's eye, but imagine if you had a thousand visitors to your site you recorded all of them. Their whole, you know, one person was on the site for two minutes, another for 10 minutes, another for a half hour. You wouldn't want to go back and just rewatch every visit to your site over the last week. That would be painful. That would be crazy. But all these will allow you to filter by one of Andrew and I's favorite things, the UTM coding. Love it. So if you're trying to figure out, like, why does my Facebook traffic um, only spend an average of 30 seconds on the site? You can filter out all of your traffic from Facebook, paid social, Instagram, whatever, and only watch those recordings and understand more specifically, oh, that's why, you know, they're coming to the site with a different frame of mind or a different um, amount of depth they're trying to get to. And so you can actually watch that and see those patterns unfold before you. Um, you can also, on all these filter by people who come from a source like Facebook and end up converting. So then you can compare and contrast what those um, different recordings look like and look for look for patterns. Um, talk a little bit about the other piece that's really interesting, which is um, conversion paths or funnels that these tools offer. Yeah, so this this one is really cool. So you can set up different scenarios, say a funnel. Um, if you think about a shopping cart on a website, you have a category, you have the product, you have to add to cart, 
check out and then it's complete. Like it's a pretty obvious path as far as when they're going to buy something. If you sold products that you then ship to somebody. Um, but the, for us in the home building world, we have the homepage. Then we have usually a community's listing page or the quick move in home. So you could set up different funnels to go, okay, even though this data is in analytics, this is just so much easier to see it. You could go, okay, where are people clicking on coming from this source? What is the most popular community that they're going to? And you could mm-hmm. see like, okay, this, and how many people do this on that page? So you can really gauge one, just it's an easy way to see, okay, if, if people are on the community page, where do they go next? It's much easier to see it in here and say mouse flow versus in analytics. And then what do they yep. do after that? If you set up like the full funnel, say like they click the the contact us or the, the pop-up form, the floating you know call to action. You can go infinitely granular on this, but essentially anything you want. Just think about smushing all of your community pages into a category or a part of the funnel that says community page. So do they, you know, community pages all together, floor plan pages all together, inventory pages all together. And then you're looking at how the typical flow through all those different kinds of pages. And, and for example, one builder, we were able to identify that the community page was as long as a community page of some sort was viewed and some portion of that funnel flow prior to them um, getting to the form, they were twice as likely to convert as those who didn't look at a community page. So then we're able to step back and say, huh, we should make sure it's really easy on a floor plan page or an inventory page to flow back to a community page because that's the context that apparently their users need to fully understand the offering or get excited emotionally enough to want to convert. Yep. And then you could take that data as well and know like, okay, our community pages need to be like 100%. They need to be amazing because we all have limited time and resources. So like that needs to be perfect no matter what versus say like this one, the floor plans page converts at like nothing if they go through the floor plan page and they do not see the community pages. So while it's important to have, you know, everything as great as possible on your website, if you were to pick one or the other, as far as like, hey, my project for June is good to make sure everything on the community page is 100% or the floor plan page is 100%, you would know like, hey, I need to make sure the community pages are all at 100%. Mm-hmm. All right, my phone is blowing up because my family wants to get the Boom. heck out of Dodge. So here's what we're going to do. We are going to um, skip your responses to last week's question of the week. We'll circle back and do both of them next time, I promise. Um, uh, Sean and Kim both had some good points on last week's question of the week, which, which was about mm-hmm. parts of analytics they didn't understand. Um, so, And feel free to, to hop in there and add your response to that too. This week's new question of the week is going to be a fun one. Uh, analytics is a little bit nerdy. This one is just, what is the worst marketing campaign or tactic that you've seen another builder do, right? You don't have to talk about yourself (laughs) just, and don't name the builder unless you really want to, which is fine. Um, I'll share mine quickly. (laughs) Uh, this might be a little harder for you, Andrew, because we don't want to obviously talk about anyone that we work with, but I'll leave um, mine out. I once saw fairly recently within the last six months, a builder that was offering a free pearl necklace. If you toured a model home, Hmm. I have no idea what that has to do with anything uh, involving the purchase of a home or even that someone would want that um, 
or it was just the most, it was right on their homepage. Uh, the very first like hero image was a pretty, uh, exterior elevation photo with free pearl necklace in large Interesting. fonts. That's gotta that be one crazy. of the worst. Um, this, this is not worse, but this is interesting. Um, down here in Florida, there's this new community called, um, I don't even know what it's called, Crystal Lagoon or something. There's uh -huh. a big giant pool. I think it's Epperson is the uh, developer. They had Michael Phelps at the grand opening for it. So that's wow. interesting. That is interesting. But <laughs> here's the worst part. I only saw advertising for it, not even advertising, on their Facebook page, which I follow. And I'm kind of like in the market, like I should be, I should have been on a Facebook campaign somewhere. I've been to their site. They should have killed me with, yeah. with remarketing, but they didn't. And so, oh, that's, so that's bad. If you're paying, I don't know what they paid them, but I'm sure something. To yeah, bring not, here. not inexpensive. At least get the word out. No, get it out. So. Mm -hmm. so go ahead and hop in there, share the worst tactic or campaign that you've seen another builder do. Uh, and we'll all have a good laugh over the next week. We'll share the best ones. That'll do it for us this week. Uh, for again, for all published articles, blog posts, videos, and more from the Do You Convert team, just head on over to doyouconvert.com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, all the socials. Hey guys, have a fantastic recovery weekend from the holiday weekend. We'll see you next week. See you next time.